Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and Tim Hannon. What's up, gentlemen? Hello, hello. Uh, hey, everybody. It's me, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stellar intro right there. I uh, I don't feel like you ever have that, like, your mind or your soul or whatever you want to call it just doesn't feel like it's part of your body. And you're just like, I don't know why I'm doing this right now. That's where I'm at right now. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know why. Nothing, nothing bad. Nothing. Just body and mind not connecting today and just going. I, don't know. I feel that. I, I had oh you guys will appreciate this everyone at home for those of you watching youtube if you guys could see my hands you see all this black all over my hands so i was uh i was priming some i'm doing some terrain pieces for adepticon and i was priming and the uh black can of spray paint blew up in my hand and the <laughs> god i got paint everywhere my hands were pure black like it dude it like, was exploded like like the top I don't not like the can didn't like combust, but like the okay. top like yeah, exploded. Like the, little, the little sprayer and, piece. Yeah, and it just went off. like yeah, this. Yeah. It just went like mm-hmm. everywhere. And it got like all over my clothes I was wearing, all over luckily it was primer, so I was primer. Yeah, raccoon wounds. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So and it just went my job went a little bit quicker, but oh my god, yeah, I got paint all over like I can't get it off of my hands. Like my hands were black. Oh man, it was wild. So that's the kind of day I'm having. That's why maybe I'm separated from myself. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I feel like that that always happens to me, just the mental piece on a mm-hmm. holiday Monday when we record. Oh, because yeah. it kind of feels uh, like we're recording on a Sunday. And I'm like, uh, wait, holiday. in my head, we're not supposed to be doing this yet. Holiday yeah. for some people. Some of us still have to go in the office, all right. So. Okay. Well, I work for the government, so. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. It was a, it was a nice holiday. I keep forgetting that I don't work for the state anymore because my old job I worked Uh for state school and this is not a state school. So now I'm (laughs) a lot of time. I think I have a holiday and like no 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 you still got to be here. Oh okay surprise. (laughs) That is unfortunate. But I guess it's like a regular Monday for you. So you're in the zone today, whereas you know. Uh, no, everything was popping off today. It was it was a rough <laughs> Monday. Like we were, I was telling Jay, we were like losing our mind by by lunchtime. We were just we were gone as a team. Well, at least I mean, if you're gonna all do it together, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was good team bonding, like a go. team mental breakdown. Yep. Yes. Kyle, keep digging for the positives. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I had both my kids learned to ride a bike today. Uh, wow. So super dad over here yeah that's fun yeah they're two years apart my daughter is six my son is four and uh my son is like he actually figured it out first Hmm. and because he's very like gung-ho on the physical skills um and he's like this morning he's just like dad can you take my training wheels off and i was like yes sure yeah (laughs) sure yeah so i did and then he just goes and i'm like okay (laughs) excuse me so my daughter who's six and is focused zero energy on this effort whatsoever. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, she has a bike, yeah. right? But she looks at him doing it and she's like, wait a minute. Like, he's mm-hmm. two years younger than me. Right. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so she figured it out eventually. But 
uh yeah so same day that's uh, and his kids ready to play in blizzard force already blizzard <laughs> force go. bikes 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 i will say that is uh enjoy that cow because that is one of those key moments in life that you always remember is when your kids are riding their bikes i don't know why it's just one of those ingrained parent things you know it's it's such a cliche dad moment when like the yeah. kid gets up on the bike and you've got like the hand on the back and you're like pushing him and then yeah. they're like look at me and you're like yes this is <laughs> like from a movie like yeah, right, right now yeah. what's happening yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're doing it peter you're doing it. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, speaking of in the zone, a transition which I had mentally prepared like five minutes ago and has now passed. Uh, we're going to talk about deployment today. Right. We're going to talk about Legion. Um, uh, but first, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're recording. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the the Zoom now gives you a very audible, obvious message when you start recording. So. Yep. Yeah, but that um, was like five minutes ago. I, I know. forgot already. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, not how my brain works. <laughs> you got any housekeeping for us, Jay, before we get to that? Yeah, uh, I got a bunch. So first off, let's talk about, I don't know if you guys have seen, but uh, I know Tim has. Every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Evan and I go live with our Fifth Tile podcast, which is a podcast about all sorts of gaming. We talk a little bit about Legion, but I yell at Evan every time he brings Legion up because it's really meant for other things to talk about other games and introduce other games. And uh, But you guys can catch us live on our YouTube or our Twitch channels every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we re- release the audio version the next day. Um, and you can catch all the, the video uh playbacks on both those channels so that's the first thing come come hang out with us live ask us questions in chat bring up games that we should try to play etc etc uh next thing is red and blue sidebars are back in stock for pre-order so i know it's been a long time for those of you wanting them we're we're getting them back in so hopefully by the end of march they should be in ideally uh but you can pre-order them now so we're gonna have a limited quantity so make sure you get your pre-order in um the next thing is uh february's edition of one shots our our legion magazine uh should be hitting people's mailboxes tomorrow uh so one shots is officially out for february and we are diligently working on the march issue and tying that up here shortly so uh very exciting about that so if you haven't gotten a chance you can uh back order the march and february one and then you can sign up for the subscription uh which will just ship them out uh you know every month to you uh or you could just buy them singly you know we put them up all individually as well for sale so and you get all kinds of cool stuff like uh the first one we did some new uh deployment and and objectives and stuff some uh the second one we came up with a new game mode called called heroes of the galaxy uh which is a hero focused like grid based game that you that borrows the the rules of legion so that was in the february one and then uh in this march one i'm i'm gonna put in some skirmish uh battlefield cards and uh, we're gonna have a little story to go along with that plus all our interviews and everything else that we do so um i feel like there was something else but i don't remember so patreon support us on patreon patreon.com slash the fifth trooper yep there it is i think uh yeah all right awesome yeah 
We did it. There. How's it going? All right. Should we get in the zone? There it is. Yes. The auto zone. The <laughs> great place, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We are not sponsored by AutoZone. We're not going to go on a Wegmans tangent. Not yet. (laughs) Uh, The zone is the limit. (laughs) All right. So I think we can do this kind of in two parts. The first is to, I guess, really three parts. Uh, (laughs) I, I did that partially just to see that reaction right there. (laughs) um the first is just how to decide what to include Mm -hmm. when you're making a battle deck Mm. which deployments you want to put in there Mm -hmm. true the second is when you're going through like the turn zero veto process what considerations you should be thinking of when you're trying to think of deployments and then the third is just when you're actually like dropping units what to think about yeah so all right all right all right first let's I think this is going to be the easiest one. How to decide what deployments to include in your deck? What are how do you guys approach this process? My my way might be a little crazy, so so I'll give it I, to you just because I have my shock it. face. Yeah, well, because yeah. normally I have a weird list, uh, usually with double heavies, right? And so generally, how it ends up working for me is my first two choices are ones I know will work for me, like that that are all me, you know. So like for instance, if I'm running you know double heavies rollout is clearly my first one of my first choices you know uh and then my second one specifically with double atst is uh i do um what is it hemmed in that's my second one you know as blue player with double atsts you put them in that little like one zone at the top what range one zone and you just put both your testes there and it's like i don't no matter what we're playing they're gonna kill a bunch of stuff um and then what i do from there is because i feel like there's always two that are very good with your army then the next two are kind of generally okay for everyone and you just try to think what's going to be worse for your opponent than it would be for you by picking one of these you know like if i'm running a double heavy list I, I don't take advanced positions because that's silly, right? Um, but, you know, all the other ones are like, I don't know, they're like 50-50 for me. So I just try to go, okay, you know, like major offensive, it would probably be pretty good for me because I can put the ATSTs in the panhandle and kind of control the center of the board and would be bad for somebody that doesn't have double. Disarray would be really bad for me, you know, so so... I just try to pick the ones that I feel like are going to be a little bit worse for my opponent, even if they're just okay for me. I've not, I've not seen you play your double heavies or nor played against you. Cause I was thinking actually the disarray might be good with the double ATSD, but I guess, I don't know how you're, do you like to like keep them all together so you can give them orders and stuff? Yeah, okay. that's fair. That's fair. That makes sense. I've seen yeah. it both ways. I've seen them together. And then also I've seen them like just completely independent. So, so... Barring any like hard changes in the game, my like the goal with the double, my double heavy list is that the first four rounds, both the double, both the ATSTs have orders, plus you, you know, you'll have like an additional order for two of those rounds. But that's that's how I play it because that's fair. Yeah. yeah, Like you, that's it's just the way to, to do it. Um, for me. 
anyways, you know, and disarray kind of like disengages that because I find with and here's I know we're talking about deployment, but here's a little for double heavies. I find that if they both have actions from from the beginning that it puts a little hesitation in people and to do because they know that I can act at any moment. Right. And then also it just gives me way more options. Like even if it's a move standby, right. You can't knock standbys off of, off of vehicles. So with one of them, I have a move standby. So now they're kind of like sentrying the, you know, being a sentry for this like area. And then I have the second one to kind of back them up. If you know, my opponent can get around that, that standby. Um, but yeah, anyways, I like having orders. So disarray's no, a, yeah. a no, no go for me. Sure. No, that makes sense. I, like I said, I've seen it both ways. So I just didn't know how you played yeah. it. Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry, long way around, but no, that's good. That's good no, stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think for me, it, I really, I go all over the the board as far as what lists I'm playing. So I don't have anything I'm really not locked down. But I think really for a lot of the games I've been playing recently. I stuck to, I actually, it, it's funny we're talking about this because it hit me just the last time I was building a list and like building my battle deck. I was like, um, my battle deck hasn't changed in so long, at least on the deployment side. It's major AP uh, rollout and then uh, long march. And I always keep rollout in there, even if I don't play vehicles for two reasons. A, there's an extra little nub that goes a little bit farther out than your traditional like long march. And B, using that, sometimes an opponent will get greedy. So if I'm playing against vehicles, I'll actually, depending on the vehicle, sometimes I'll actually push for rollout because not everyone, but a lot of folks that I've played will take the bait almost of saying, look, I'm going to put my my heavy out here. I'm going to use this extra range to, to move it. But then in turn, that's now moving them closer to my stuff. Which normally, if I'm doing that, if that's my game plan, I probably have some kind of anti armor in there. Um, so it's kind of like uh, I'm okay with no one doing rollout. I'm also okay with the opponent doing rollout if I can't. Um, so I, I like it. Long march, I I try to avoid, but it's like the lesser of all the evils for me. So you even like when you run dobacks and stuff, you do those deployments. So dobacks little bit different i think sometimes i've learned that i don't like long march as much because they tend to die on the long march approach um again roll out because that little extra nub they can it's okay most of the time okay um yeah the do backlist kind of changes it up a little bit <laughs> my problem is i don't like how annoying danger close is but a lot of times with do back i will play danger close um because it's it's really good with do backs like i yeah, it's really good. It's really good with dobacks. Um, yeah, I don't do hemmed in. I don't touch disarray. I I couldn't tell you the last time I had disarray in my deck. Now is that because you just like don't want to bother with the zones, or because you don't think it fits what it is Both. that you're trying to do? Both. Both. Okay. Um, as someone who primarily, I mean, pretty much every list I play, more or less wants to stay together, whether that's Republic Empire. Uh, droids, of course, because you want to get the order chain going. Um, pretty much everything I play wants to stay together, so uh, I I don't like disarray because it forces you to to throw it over there. Um, obviously, if you're if you're using your battle deck, you don't have to care about playing as red player on um, hemmed in. 
but I actually don't hate it on Hemden as much if I am red player because you don't have to put units over there. Um, you have a little bit more freedom to do whatever you want to. Yeah. Mm. yeah. My main four don't tend to change a whole lot. Normally, Long March is the one that gets cut. If I cut something and change it, it's Long March. Because, again, if you don't have anything for that, especially the opening like couple of turns, the opening salvos, if you don't have anything and you're facing a gun line, you're just going to get blown off the board before you get there. Is that why you don't take Hemden either? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. Uh, similar, similar kind of vein. Um, I'm also always afraid that if I face a army whether that's Blizzard or something else that is more mobile than I am, even if I'm blue player and uh, and I'm in the middle with hemmed in, I'm afraid I'm going to get pinched, pincered, pinched, whatever you're going to call it. I'm afraid you're going to get hemmed in. Yes, exactly. Ha -ha. Um, yeah, I, I said this when it first came out and I still maintain this. I don't think hemmed in is that bad for a red player. If anything, there's I think there's been times when hemmed in is actually way better for a red player. Not every game, but it can be. I have a slightly different take on Hemden. That's um, fair. You're better than I am, so I, <laughs> I respect your opinion more than my own. So go for it. <laughs> uh, don't suck up to him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get extra. I'm, not, I'm more, extra I'm more acknowledging my shortcomings, but that's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, so I I think of deployments really in three buckets uh, now um, with the new rules. There's the short edge to short edge. So, you know, you've got your six by three, right? So that would be um, if you're if you're going from the three foot edge to the three foot edge. So like long march is the token, you know, short edge to short edge uh, deployment. Mm. But I would say that also includes rollout. Um, and then also the essentially the diagonal deployment. So advanced positions and major offensive. Uh, so that's four different deployments um and then you've got the long edge to long edge deployments which is battle lines disarray danger close and then officially hemmed in is also that um i completely forgot the battle lines existed sorry carry on, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. no worries uh and those are ones where you're going you know basically from the six foot edge to the six foot edge um if i have uh Mobile units like speeders, aggro units, which is sometimes the same thing, but not always, um, or dark troopers, which I guess is probably aggro units if I had to categorize them somewhere. If I have one of those three things, then I go the long edge to long edge. Um, if I don't, then I go short edge to short edge chunk of deployments. And then now I basically always include hemmed in regardless of which of those two it is. Uh, and my reasons essentially are... I used to, there are two reasons that I used to like not include hemmed in sometimes. The first is that um, tables are usually set up to the extent that they're set up with some kind of intention by TOs, which I know is not a given. Um, but if they are, they tend to be set up with like that diagonal axis, whether they do it consciously or not. Uh, but you kind of look at that like, it's like almost mirrored diagonally. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which can mean that that blue zone often, especially since red gets to pick table side, that blue zone can often have like some really strange slash open areas in it. Um, 
I think that's less of an issue now since you can essentially hide like three units behind a barricade. Um, I haven't found like I've run I run hemmed in with Blizzard and I have not found any difficulty getting stuff cover basically. Um, whereas usually there you can have awkward angles and stuff with that blue hemmed in zone. Um, <clears throat> and then the second reason that I it used to make me uh, hesitate to take it is if you're playing a defensive list um or really anything that's not like a mobile aggro list you were probably running vaps and if you're running vaps hendon is a lot less good for vaps so it can make that kind of like an awkward you know well i could force vaps but then my opponent could force hendon and then that's not how i want to play vaps um yeah for sure but now you're just not playing vaps so that's less of a concern for me right, right. Um, so i would say i always now include hendon um, because it puts blue so close to the center, which is where most objectives are. Um, so, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I also, as you're talking, I was thinking back to games I've played on Hemden, and I actually, I think I can genuinely say this. I think I've never won a game on Hemden. So I've probably have some like bias against it where I just go like, <laughs> I always lose on it. So I just don't want to play blue, 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 red doesn't matter. Just always lose for me. So there's probably some like negative stigma back there. That's just, I just don't like it. Um, I'm going to say that means I need to just get good, but uh, I ignore that advice <laughs> and battle lines too, just to speak to battle lines. Cause I, again, uh -huh. I forgot it existed. I really, to me, I play battle lines. If, and I don't really run this kind of list, but if I were to run some kind of list with R2, like trying to make a break for it, like just making a making a beeline from one side of the map to the other, uh, then I'll play battle lines. Uh, and I've lost to that before, <laughs> to be fair, um, which is a lot of times why I don't play that, because I've seen it to where my whole army is over here and then they go, OK, well, I'm just going to put R2 over here and you can't stop them. And I win. And I don't yep. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that's less of an issue now, simply because R2 is less common with all the bounty hunters and speeder bikes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and a lot of the bounty hunters are so mobile too that they can get over to him and get a clear shot on him pretty easily now. Yeah, I think bringing R2 right now is not that I wouldn't do it. I think there are some clone lists where you can kind of like sub in R2 3PO for Padme. For 20 points less yeah. if you're just viewing it as a token generation situation sure. with sure. like bonus maybe a score secret mission who knows right right um like the r2 3po role now is really not that much different from padme yeah um yeah. so i can That's... see that now but yeah i i think i think r2 i think r2 been... r2 in a land speeder is always good too because it's just yeah. so it's so mobile it just gets across there so fast well, and you put him with Shriv, and then he basically can't be shot. So, right, you know, exactly. who knows how many bounty hunters or speeder bikes your opponent has? Like, if they can't legally target him until the land speeder dies, right? <laughs> yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, but now I hear you. So yeah, that's me. I don't know. That any is you, Kyle. On... That sounds <laughs> just like you. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a good rationale. Good rationale. Um, all right. Should we talk about how to things to watch out for when you're going through the veto process with deployments? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. What do you guys What do you guys think about when you're doing that? Watch out for vetoes. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> great advice, Jay. Thank you for that. That was great. That was excellent. Yeah, I think, excellent. well, I think there's two sides to that. I think there's what you're looking at as blue player when it's your deck and what you're looking at as red player when it's not your deck, right? And I think I'll start with red player. From You know, for me, it's mostly like, first glance is okay how how many of these are in my deck let's start there right and if they're in my deck then i'm a little less concerned about the the deployment zones as i and i'm more concerned about objective and conditions right um but if there's a couple that are not in my deck i take a look and i go oh yeah no that one's real bad for me so what position is that in um and then i try to avoid that one you know for the most part Pretty simple. Yeah, and I think to piggyback off of that too, it's if it's in your deck, like you said, if I'm red player and we're using your deck, if it's in there, it it's a double-edged sword because it's going, okay, I don't have to worry about it as much, but also that means you have some kind of rationale for it being in your deck. So now I really have yeah. to pay attention to the other things going on, um, which I guess is a bigger, it's a bigger turn zero discussion really. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I think also not for nothing, it's also comes down to how your board looks, how your map looks, because uh, you could have something that on paper works great for your list. And then when you put it on the table, you go, oh, no, this would be awful. Uh, we can talk about an example of that after Kyle gives his two cents, but <laughs> I, I do have an example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first there's one sort of hard and fast rule uh, that I try and follow when going through vetoes with deployments and that's if you're red player you should never let payload and hemmed in be a combination that exists um <clears throat> because playing true, red player on true. payload is like <laughs> oh it's awful yeah it's i, I don't want to say it's like an auto loss but it's probably about the, the closest thing you can get <laughs> red um, player on payload yeah now i will say that now that it like <clears throat> you know doesn't fly uh yeah if depending if you get a table that has like a big wall or something on one side and you can i was gonna say that that was that was my hesitation is you can kind of control a little bit better of how it's gonna go yeah i mean you're still as red player you're still probably in a situation where you're not going to be able to score your payload but now you might be able to like use the table to also prevent blue player from doing that even on hemmed in um I've definitely seen plenty of tables that have these big long walls across certain sections of them. And if they have one of those as red player, you can probably just pick a spot that that's on the other side of that. And then blue player can't score either. So um, that might be an exception to that rule, but no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <clears throat> I think it matters a lot more, more too with the new payload rules and the moving how it does in those maps that are more urban kind of setting. Um, because it used to be like, Oh, these are, cool thematic things but the car's still just going to go in a straight line mm. and now it's like okay now it's actually going to follow the streets and things like that so yeah if there's if there's one side that has some more advantageous streets or whatever yeah could be a big yeah. difference and payload can come down to you know the difference of like half an inch sometimes so you know even no, like a sure. slight deviation can be pretty costly yeah for um, sure payload aside uh I think it's really important to like still look at the location of the line of sight blockers and the terrain, um, especially because there are some deployments specifically hemmed in a disarray where even if you picked a certain side as red player, they can kind of like flip the table advantage on their head. Danger close also. 
um in that like you kind of end up deploying on your opponent's side of the table or at least in a part of the table that maybe you didn't consider when whether it's right. you picking the table side as red or the other guy right, right, um, right. one of you didn't consider uh it's important to be like you know maybe you can you can kind of flip it around um yeah. but also just looking at the location of the blockers relative to where you're both going to set up yeah um and also objectives uh it's important to look at where the objectives are going to end up if you pick you know whatever objective it is that you're trying to go for um yes well, <laughs> yes do you, do you My, have an anecdote about this tim <laughs> i do what a fun not totally pre-planned thing you've, yeah. you've led into <laughs> uh, years ago in what was probably an rpq or prime whatever they used to be called in knoxville uh, i played against the the wonderful chris beezer who's a very good player um and we played i forget and again this is many years ago now so i i my memory is a little bit rusty but i think it was long march uh we played kp long march and we didn't realize it, it was a, it was a good board like it was a felucia kind of board for those that have seen it um and we got all that done we start dropping or getting ready to drop units so like okay we got to d- declare kps and then we realized and it was already too late we already moved on that he had no viable like no legally discernible uh objectives for kp so literally i had a kp and there was the middle kp and that was it so he was automatically starting losing wait uh, so so there were only two on the table there were only two on the table is is that That's it. is that how you're like supposed to resolve that situation if if that happens, I think so. Or, or I'm sorry, maybe there. If there was a third one, it might have been like right next to me. In some way, shape, or form, I had all of them. Okay. Oh, and the middle, and there's the middle yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I think there was only two, but uh, uh, again, maybe I was. Maybe there was like a bush or a shrub or something that we said was still a third KP. Uh, but yeah, basically, it just he had nothing on his whole side, and uh, it was not an auto loss. It was still actually, I remember that game being very close because it's a Palp game. I think I was playing Palp or he might have been playing Palp. It was very close as with any game with Palp and KP can be because uh, he was diving and doing Palp bomb things. But yep. long story short, the important lesson here is pay attention to what's going to be legal, what's going to be a KP or a, a VAT position or anything like that. And then think too, to, to that point, especially if you're a red player, be aware of like where... Th- your VAT placements are going to go. And then also as blue player, like, okay, I'm going to get, if I'm blue player, I'm going to get the last, I'm sorry, not the last placement, placement, red player, red player is going to get the last VAT placement. I want to make sure I'm not going to get boxed out. Cause that's happened to me before where yep. one, one, one. And then like, Oh no, now I have nowhere good to place this VAT. Uh, and it can really be devastating. For sure. Yeah, and with, you know, if we start seeing scatter terrain kind of disappear as a result of the new cover rules, um, I could see situations like you described with that KP weirdness getting slightly more common. Just because you're going to have, you know, if we're trending towards, like, fewer terrain pieces, terrain that is more uniformly shaped and maybe a little bit larger, kind of like 40K style, um, 
you're going to run into more situations where you go to KP and there are very few options that you can actually pick that are not yep. in your zones or within range one of the center. Uh, um, I will say a slight tweak to that, that we actually, we discussed this after that game. I remember um, for that map, at least for the Felucia map. And if you've ever seen it again, it's one of the older, older maps. Cause we yep. it was early days of Legion. Um, the easy solution for that would be just to literally physically chop up some of that terrain and yep. break up the big pieces into multiple mm-hmm. pieces. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really big deal. And don't forget now you can, you can explicitly, I mean, this is always done anyway, but you can explicitly subdivide terrain pieces when discussing terrain. So yes, including stairs, stairs are important to, to denote <laughs> Yes, and walkways and things like that. So yep. that way you're, Bases can like overlap on a staircase or something like that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or not overlap, overhang. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's important to look at angles too. Um, you know, for example, I, I can think of a game at Nova Open I had where the, um, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Nova Open. It was a practice tournament for Nova Open. But basically, um, like for whatever reason, all of the blockers on the table were set up such that like they blocked line of sight great from long edge to long edge but not from okay. short edge to short edge they blocked oh, a great diagonally okay. and they blocked sure, it great sure. from long to long but not from short to short yeah and i was playing Aiden boba which meant <laughs> that i had you know four snipers basically yeah um and i was red <laughs> and long march dropped in the third slot and i was like all right uh, i guess i know what i'm doing here um, right, right. You know, because I wanted to play short to short because that was like the direction that line of sight was essentially not blocked. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to drop my four snipers. I'm going to play short edge to short edge. Um, let's play long march. That was like the thing that I focused on on turn zero. I double vetoed to it. Um, and I think that leads to a good point where if you're, and this is really uh, important for like local TOs, or if you're trying to start like a local scene, when you're making mass, whether it's for a tournament or just for casual play, even. Uh, really, I think the big thing to me is have deployment cards in front of you, like just possible deployment cards. And you can't plan for everything perfectly, but I think long march or those, like you said, the short edge kind of deployments, like try and figure out, like if I'm going from here to here, from this way to this way, do I just suddenly now have a clear open shot? Because I've played on too many boards that, like you said, they're perfect if I'm playing, if I'm playing like battle lines or something like that, if we're just running at each other. But as soon as you flip it, now all of a sudden we have these just clear open fire lanes that just have nothing. Uh, so it's a lot of times when I make a map, I will purposely throw a blocker like right in the middle on the bottom or on the top just to try and block that sight line. So if we do go those board edges, that it's not just a, a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Sorry. Tell us your wisdom, Jay. Tell us your wisdom, Jay. Did you studious? Did you unmute to cough? (laughs) I'm glad that's what you did. I've been muting the cough, Jay. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to talk and then (laughs) I had to mute myself again. So please talk for a second. I need to. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was trying to to tag Jay in, and Jay had to call you out on that. No, no, no. I'm no mood to be a professional. I'm, I'm still getting over some kind of horrible plague so sure please continue talking yeah i will uh i'll start i guess um 
so yeah like like fire lanes those are so important i think especially now um <laughs> you like that Tim? <laughs> it's so bad yeah fire lanes those are those are a thing yeah all right so anyways i guess before they i always looked for them before but now with the way the terrain the terrain rules are right like finding those like you know when you're looking at the deployment you're looking to put in units that you know can pack a punch like how can i how can i not keep them in this fire lane but right. how can I pop them into it to, so that I could catch someone else in the same the same fire lane? Well, and it's you know? important to note too that like no matter how you make your board, no matter what happens, uh, again, unless you make good maps, it's just too dense. Yeah, you're always going to have some kind of fire lane that's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is that that's by design and not by flaw, right? Because uh, again, sometimes when you play long march, all of a sudden you realize a flaw in the map making, and you can go, "Whoops." Uh, so yeah, again, it doesn't have to be all over the the place, but just one or two LOS blockers on either side, top or bottom, whatever you want to look at it from, uh, can make all the difference in the game, uh, as well as some scatter. But I, like yeah. Kyle was saying, like maybe there's less scatter around these days. So yeah, and I I think you're always gonna you know, uh, it's just what the larger the event gets, the harder it is for every board to be like a good you know a, a sure. good good board and so right. i think finding those mistakes and finding which you know which side and which deployment is actually going to benefit you the most with those mistakes like for instance uh i played uh, was it pax yeah i played uh no nova when i played john and he had yoda wookies and he's like john's a very studious man when it comes to playing right and he's like measuring everything and da, 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 da. and i'm just like come on man let's go i want to play you know and he found the board that we were on and we've talked about it on the cast before but it had this this like oval line of sight blocker that was about height one and he could literally get his whole army behind it and still be within range one of the middle objective yeah. And yeah, you know, and it was just, I think we played intercept. And so like, yeah. it was just like th- watching out for that stuff. And like John just immediately, not immediately, like he, he measured and he studied the sure, board sure, and he looked yeah. at it, but he like saw that and he was like, well, before we even knew what the objectives were, he's like, well, if we, if I can get anything and get behind this, I'll, and if we get intercept yeah. or, or KP, right. Cause he could, Right. he could get yoda and the wookies over over it you know sure. and, and now climbing is not as uh important as it well, was but you know and i think that's i'm not really big on practicing anything at home like if i'm going to practice i'm going to go to a local store and, and get a full game in but i think something that you can look at at home on like a once you assuming you have a the right size table for it is measuring out deployments and where markers going to place and like that's something that's pretty easy to do you don't have to even set up terrain really like you're just measuring deployments and objectives and if okay if i play long march this is where this is going to go this is where this is going to go or this is where i want this um and again obviously that's doing it in a vacuum so everything has to be taken with a grain of salt but it gets you i think in the right mode and especially Mm -hmm. If you're looking at going to a tournament, maybe even for the first time, that's a really good way to practice that. So you don't have to have like analysis paralysis when you're staring at it and go like, I don't know, where do I put my VAP? Now you should know, at least in theory, where you want to put your VAP. And again, it's obviously it's going to change in real life, but 
it's good practice. Yeah, and just I mean, know where the center of the table is. You know, like measure it out before you do go through your veto process. Right. Exactly. So, so you exactly. know if you're going to end up playing KP, what it, yeah. what KP is. Um, right. You know, intercept like you said, Jay, in your example, if you're going to end up playing recover, where that box is going to end up being. So, like, just you know, a lot of some mats have it like pre-marked, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our mats, <laughs> like, like the fifth trooper ones. <laughs> there you go. Which are all a lot of stock, but yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you're not playing on one of those, measure it out. Like, there's nothing wrong with before right. you go through the veto process, being like, let's figure out where the center of the table is. Yeah. yeah that's, that's totally. That's, that's totally normal thing one. to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's step um, one. Don't don't wait until you end up picking something where the center matters. Like know where it is yeah. before you do that. So I had I had a really interesting this is actually the first time it ever happened to me. It, it was at LVO, this most recent LVO, uh, where it didn't come up, thank God. But before we did anything, before we flipped cards, or maybe we might have flipped battle cards first, but then uh before any vetoes or anything happened, uh we looked at where the middle KP was and everything. And basically it was either this huge piece with KP, which would have been bad for everyone involved. Uh, or it was like one of these three statues and they were all perfectly, it's like the Sith temple. And so they were all perfectly the same distance from the middle. And so we literally were just like, we're just going to roll for it. So it was like one, like one, two, three or whatever. And we just, yeah, we rolled it and figured out which was, which again, it didn't matter. We didn't play KP, but yeah, stuff like yeah. that's super important. Yeah, for sure. All right, should we get into like when you're dropping units, what to think about? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it, Kyle. All right. What are you waiting for? Quit teasing us. <laughs> All right. So the <laughs> the most basic thing I think to do, even if you just set aside the unit location for a second, is drop stuff from... There's kind of like two separate orders which interact. Um, mm-hmm. The, the first is drop stuff from most obvious location to least obvious slash most variable location. Yeah. Um, so, for example, like your core units that need to do objectives, right? Like if you got to pick up a box or something and both you and your opponent know that you have to pick up that box and you have like a naked core unit or some other core unit whose obvious job it is going to be to pick up that box, put them next to the box. Yeah, like, going to go do tap that, that back vap or something like that. Right. Yeah. Do that yeah. first. Like, yep. you know it's going there. Your opponent knows it's going there. Just put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second is generally, like, from least important to most important. Because you want to hide as much information from your opponent as possible. So right. if you're dropping those, you know, sniper strike teams, those mortars, uh, those naked core units, those normal core units, whatever, um, you know, you're going to want to drop those earlier because they matter less. So it's it's right. less of a less of a big deal to like reveal to your opponent where they're going to be. Mm. Yeah. So those are kind of the two rules I follow in terms of order of dropping stuff. Yeah. And for think... me, and I think any list, depending on your list, right? If you're playing something yeah. like what I play with a double heavy, I don't hide anything. It's like I you because I, I think say, there's yeah. yeah there's somewhere yeah, you force your opponent to fight on your terms, and you go no, sure. here's where they are. Deal with well, it. And... And not for nothing, too, especially with a double heavy, but even with a single heavy, yeah. and maybe even more so sometimes with a single heavy unit. Um, if you know, like, again, ATSC is going to guard the middle, we're not shocked by that sometimes. And again, if you have a different game plan, you do you. But if that's your game plan, and that's probably what your opponent thinks you're going to do, I don't hate always dropping that somewhat early, uh, maybe not first, but early because uh, 
if you don't have experience putting that down in a small deployment area with troopers next to it, you could end up boxing yourself out and costing yourself an entire, possibly an entire move or something to where you can't get to where you need to go because you've boxed yourself out. Yeah. Um, for sure. So you really need to be careful with that. But I mean, never practice. That's just practice. I'm just know. a, I'm just a gamer. Don't, don't hate the player. Hate the game, Tim. No, I, yeah, you're right. I think, but that's, I guess, yes. I've been playing so long that maybe that's like a subconscious thing of going, Oh right. yeah. It, okay. it becomes a subconscious thing. Yeah. 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 But, uh, uh, but I, well, I, I like both ways, you know, I like what Kyle was saying about like, Hey, there's kind of a mind game, like, especially like when I was playing the Cassian K2 12 activation list, right. There's a little bit of a mind game of what's going, where am I going to, you know, am I going to, where am I going to put the pikes? Where am I going to put Cassian? Like, how am I going to get this done? But then that is good part of this game. But then I also like the, I don't know, here's everything. Good luck <laughs> right. type, type of list too. You know, those are fun. Well, and if you have anything that has scout, that's always important as well. Um, Cause again, maybe you want to hide till later, but it also can get out of your way. So uh, yeah. I was playing triple flamers for a while. Um, I finally, they ended up dying. Eventually they had a good run up until golden sprue but they had a good run up until then but like those i would put them down not first but pretty early because a once you realize where the bulk of your enemy's core is going newsflash that's where my flamers probably want to go as well and so i put my flamer down and with the uh republic flamers for the flamer rts have scout one so boom now I'm out of my deployment zone. But then likewise, I don't want to move over my own guys by accident. And then right. immediately I'm starting the game with a suppression on them. Uh, it's not a good time. So, yeah. So I think it just depends what you're trying to do, what you're running. But uh, heavies is something you always have to consider. Or supports, vehicles, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, ground vehicles that take up a, a footprint. Right. Yeah, right. I always think it's it's funny when somebody's, you know, it's like an AAT or something. And they're leaving like this very obvious like AAT sized mm. hole right in the right. front corner in their deployment zone and like right. filling the rest of their zone with B1s. And it's like, right. come on, man. You know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and like at that point, just throw it down. Like we all know where it's going to go. I mean. if you can... yeah. yeah. And because if you don't and you're trying to be gamey with it, you then do run the risk of maybe like miscalculating by a millimeter, a few millimeters. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, one B1 squad or whatever yeah. it has to fall back well and it strikes me right like and i think this is where some people get this wrong the heavy even if you're playing a single isn't your secret weapon it's a distraction right like that's what it is it's a it's a big like brick wall distraction that says i get can you get through this because while you're dealing with this i'm going to be doing all this stuff behind the brick wall and then you'll have to you know you'll be behind I think that depends if your heavy has red saves or white saves, because an ATST goes down a lot quicker than my than an AAT or my sabers. Uh, may, sometimes, I mean, it depends. It's got sure. a lot more. I health. mean, pending dice luck, sure, but yeah, yeah, and I think reason. two when you have two, it's different when you have two versus one, right? So yes, oh, yeah, you're, double you're heavy's absolutely a whole, right. Double heavy is a whole state of mind. It's yeah. a whole yeah. different, whole different yeah. game, yeah. honestly. But any armored vehicle in general, you, you got to be aware, too, of like your opponent's impact threats mm. uh, and where they are. Yeah. You know, like all vehicles are eminently killable with the right amount of yeah 
impact threat. I, I would uh, even critical. argue impact uh, yeah. isn't as much of a thing anymore as critical critical is the is the real problem nowadays, listen, right? Like there's listen, with, a lot of it. Yeah. Triple flamer RT. What what were two of my losses at Gold Sprue? <laughs> uh fully loaded black sun with a Vigo Magdet in a bus with frag grenades. So surge crit impact three. So Ouch. you tell me that there's no impact okay. out there. Yep. <laughs> Listen, impact, melts impact in matters. You played Evan. Yeah. Evan, I don't... Not ca- just Evan. I played Dean, too. Oh, right. I don't count Evan in the, like, conversation about... Why? Um, He's great. No, 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 no. Let me finish. In the conversation about what you can expect to face in the world. Oh, that's fair. Like, that's Evan, fair. Evan plays very obscure lists that he's very good at. But but it's not something you would face every day. So that's why I'm discounting your Evan uh, match. I think Black we're going to see. Black Sun is pretty common. Yeah, it is. And I think we're going to see more impact generally because mm-hmm. people are going to be forced to have an answer for Dark Troopers. Yeah. Um, because let me tell you, now that I have played some Dark Trooper <laughs> games, if you don't, like if yeah. you don't have at least impact six, in your list and i'm not talking about critical i'm talking about the impact keyword yeah uh, and i mean ranged impact i'm not counting lightsabers here either well sure, um, sure. if you don't have at least impact six at range you're just going to get absolutely steamrolled um critical is not enough it's not reliable enough i, I think critical helps um, a lot though but yeah i agree it, impact it definitely impact helps so but it yeah. cannot be your only answer Sure, sure. Um, the nice thing about like straight impact weapons versus dark troopers is shit. Sorry. Um <gasps> you yeah. said a bad word. Oh, cancel the show. That's <laughs> this it. This is yeah. a family podcast. How dare Sorry. you? <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's like the second time I've said it out of this episode. Yeah. No, yeah. you've you've really let loose of your I have, professional you're right. Professional, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've gotten sloppy over the years. No, yeah. um, I was where was I? I forgot. I was talking about dark troopers, <laughs> yeah, dark uh-huh. troopers, scary bedtimes. Yeah, critical uh, is it's impact. it's just it's useful as like a supplement, but it cannot sure. be your primary answer. And the reason that yeah. impact is so good is because they never get cover, right? Right, and you know, they can't really benefit from any other defensive tech either for the most part guardian with protector being like the only exception really sure sure um so whatever impact value you have like you're gonna be forced and saves with that guarantee yeah. um even something I, like a dlt you know yeah. so running that uh, running the all armor list i had at lvo that somehow did better than my Yoda triple RT list at Golden Sprue. Uh, it has opened my eyes to just how much casual, I would call it casual impact is running around like casual impact and even casual critical. Cause like you said, it's supplemental, but enough critical does add up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's hard. Like if you're running white saves, it's, it's rough, but uh, yep. yeah, it's out there, but yeah, you really have to be making sure you have some kind of impact in your list. I, it's how cheap they are and with remnant and everything i don't hate hh12s somewhere in there nowadays but cumbersome changes i don't know i think they got a lot going for them but i've uh, seen people take what? it on dark dark troopers and remnant or not dark troopers yeah. death troopers death troopers yeah I know what you meant. Yeah, um, yeah sure i don't know i, I can't do it 
I still can't do I, it. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying if you're trying to. Yeah. No, that's exactly to... what you just said. No, 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 no. You said you said you think that they're good. That is what you just that... said. <laughs> I said, if you're trying to put impact in your list, that is a cheap way to get impact in your list. I, I think they're defensible specifically as a dark trooper counter. That's fair. Because, you know, they have that high impact value, but low dice count, which means that if you're normally shooting like literally any other armored vehicle, there's a good chance that you're bouncing at least one hit off cover. Um, but if you're shooting dark troopers, you're not, you're banking the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, that's fair. If, if that's you're fair. thinking about specifically like you've gone and made a list and you're like, oh crap, I don't have enough impact in the list to handle dark troopers. Maybe I should swap in an HH12 that I could see. Yeah. But. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. for 16 points, it's easily not I shouldn't say easily, fairly easily placeable in a list where you can just drop something. I wouldn't say easily. I said fairly I would say easy. I would say it's <laughs> let me put it this way. If you've painted yourself into a corner with bad list building, Fair. Uh, it's something Fair. that you can use. <laughs> sad. but you probably want to redesign your list at that point if, right. if that's what you're banking on yeah sure, sure <laughs> there sure, you go sure. if, if you reach a point where you're like i don't have enough impact maybe i should take I'm an just... hh12 i think you should just be like you know what let's just start over <laughs> no 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 I i'm I, tim is saying they're good so i'm I... gonna i'm gonna make a blizzard force and i'm gonna put <sighs> hh12s and dlt 19s tim tim on the podcast God. said that they're good i've seen I people can't... <laughs> take HRUs I, with HH12. Yeah. Yeah, and I've like, seen it happen. Yeah. It just it just makes me I don't <laughs> snorted there, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. It gives a good chuckle out of me. But yeah, it's yeah. uh it's an option you have. How about that? It's yes. It is a button that you can click in the list builder. <laughs> I, I still can't get quite behind the DLT these days just because it's only two dice. But if you if you're throwing a good enough pool, sure, but with if you're just shooting a range four trying to get that impact through I oh especially especially up. now right like it, it used to be a thing where you're like yeah i can line up those you know two dice range four force two shades sure sure shots no, on, nowadays on some real tables like nowadays not a chance no i'd rather no just way. bring the rtc and just hope for crits <laughs> right exactly if you're going to be yeah. taking those range four shots right 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 right, right. Yeah. yeah two red dice 100 worthless at you should probably get two hits. Congratulations. They're both canceled by cover. Yep. Here's an expression token. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. not for your vehicle. So, and not for your dark troopers. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take HRUs with T21s and HH12s. Well, oh, Just buddy. Get, why get, that combo? Get why? all the critical and impact. Because you said it was good. I just, I'm following your lead here. You said that they were, we could put them in list now. So that's what I'm doing. I Kyle said it well. It, they're <laughs> defensible in some situations. I think this is one of those situations. I'm going to make a situation here, <laughs> and then That'd I'm going to be gonna... a really funny use of an HH12, just like a yeah. silver bullet anti armor unit. Yeah. <laughs> like if you happen to just wander into range three yeah. of my HRU uh, with an armored unit, congratulations. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> And then that I'm gonna terrifying. put two snowtroopers with ions, and then <laughs> I I saw this over here, and 
Uh, I don't know why I just I moved my head and I was like, well, I'm about to get murdered on camera. So there you go. That's it. Someone's broken into my well, apartment. There wouldn't be there much we could do about it either because I don't actually know where you live. That's fine. It won't matter soon anyway. It's you, like you, I don't know. He lives somewhere. Like that's right. Like, what, what happened? I, we saw ghosts kill him, as far as <laughs> I know. <laughs> HH12, man. Someone just someone just rolled up with the HH12 into his uh, house. Kyle yeah. said to put impact in my list, so I'm doing it. That's right. That's the impact mafia coming for me. People it's are going to be taking MPL ions and HH12s after oh. this episode. Yeah. Ooh. Don't get me started on ion. <laughs> I, uh, mm. You're not a member of the Church of Biston? No, I hate Ion so much. I think (laughs) the fact that you can bring two crappy units and then if you get the two wounds through, you can basically stop my entire like 200 point unit from activating. I hate it. It's it's a very black and white uh, mechanic. It is. It's either completely useless in your mashup or it's like game winning. My first tournament ever, I got my ATST double Ioned. And ever since then, all those years ago, I've always hated Ion. <laughs> so, yep, Ryan that's... is the Church of Viston. I am the Church of Anti Ion. So, there you go. That's fair. <laughs> Our crusades are ongoing. Yep. <laughs> All right. Before we get too far off the rails, should we just like stop? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys got any final thoughts on deployment? Be careful. Be careful. <clears throat> I would say just be aware of your opponent's threats like as they're going down yeah. and adjust your plan yeah. accordingly. Yeah. You know, if your opponent has a bombardment or something, don't put a strike team True. where both models are going to be visible from anywhere <sighs> they can drop it. Uh, True. Yeah. True. Stuff like and that. If, you know. I'll say too, if they have, I've seen more and more reinforcements out there. If they have reinforcements, try your best to plan for those. I know sometimes it's hard, but like, I don't know. Just be aware of that. Yep. And then now with Dark Troopers too, like be aware of that two pip. That dark trooper can wind up somewhere where it's not <laughs> very quickly. That can uh, free rapid reinforcements real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't let dark troopers take rapid reinforcements. No, Please, God no. People. God no. Yeah. Because <laughs> they can pull their token and then still go that turn. <laughs> yeah. And well, and then they get to do it twice because then they do it on the two pip too. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, yeah. if they have Gideon. Um, sure. Sure. But yeah, Dark Troopers at range two of your stuff, not something you want. Dark Troopers at range True. two of your stuff, basically for free on the first turn, definitely not something you want. It's yeah. a bad time. It's a bad time. All right. Uh, I thought we'd make it through this episode without talking about Dark Troopers, but... Oh, no. No, no, no. Apparently not. <laughs> what um, if the entire no. list had either impact or I on? Is I that enough? That. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> it's a thing you can do. I've seen people posting meme lists uh, with droids where they have like six B1s with the rocket launcher. They've got like three ion spider droids. They have like RPS Magna Guards. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I think that that list would win against Dark Troopers. Yeah. Um, You're right. There you go. <laughs> All right. So there you I, go. Let's. We're going to land this, but let me give everyone out there the meme list. It's, okay. Okay. it's it. Blizzard Force, so it's top tier. <laughs> All right. Clearly, so, clearly, that's how that works. General Veers, two HRUs with T21s and HH12s, two snow troopers with ion troopers, four speeder bikes, and an ATST with an elite armor pilot and the twin light blaster cannon and the grenade launcher. Do you have points for impact grenades on the snows? Because that would be awesome. 
True. I bet you I could find some. <laughs> I bet you I could take that elite armor pilot off. Yep, and there it is. Oh, yeah, let's add some impact grenades on these guys. And done. Somebody please take that to Worlds, just so like we don't actually have to worry about Dark Troopers being a thing. That'd be That's great. right. Just, just single-handedly yeah, just, just, every just, gate, just gate keep the dark troopers for us please. that's right but not I mean, against me please yeah. this might actually you know it might i don't know it might be pretty good i mean it might be just because no, it's, it's like it, it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> it's it would be good until it wasn't until you face just like a gun line that didn't care yeah. about any of that stuff yeah. you face I love... like an Iden bobo gun line or something and you're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i love right. the ion guys in there because the eye like if you just inadvertently face a droid list and they're just like, you just <laughs> yeah. they just they're just so angry like they're already yeah. hurting and then you just show up with ion like well why am i here yeah yep all right yeah anyways how, how about we stop yeah, yeah. Jay, let's stop all right. all right we're all in agreement all right sweet well this was deployment and some other stuff <laughs> um <laughs> we're the notorious scoundrels i'm kyle i'm jay and i'm tim who let jay go second because that's what i was told to do or else <laughs> <laughs> say fresh cheese bags <laughs>